0: And I said, yo, let me just get some of that Jewish Gatorade and the dude was like, What are you talking about? And I'm like, Pickle juice, baby. Come on, Lord. Let me get that pickle juice. I'm trying to up my electrolyte game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you ever just like going to the going to the store being like, you said, you know, just I just want the juice. You know what I'm saying?
1: You reminded me of Hannibal Burris's bit about pickle juice. Yeah,
0: flicking for flavor. Yeah. I, I very much relate to that skit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why I just got like extra with my accent, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh Marcus, you like movies? Yes I do. This is Zebras in America, episode 70- 80. 80? Yeah. No it's not. Yeah. You sure?
1: Yes. Really? Seventy nine went up today.
0: This is episode eighty. Do we have anything special planned?
1: Uh we do we're going to talk about a movie that you finally saw that's very special. Triplets? No, I saw a movie about triplets the other night, though. That movie I think was... you already saw it. Yeah, I did. That yeah.
0: movie was depressing as fuck.
1: So for the loyal fans that remember the episode number where Scott brought up Three Identical Strangers, I finally saw Three Identical Strangers. It's streaming on Netflix. Uh, I saw it the other night. And I really liked it. Um, I did not. Quite honestly, it could have been like a, like a... A Wormwood style, like four part miniseries, because there's a lot more. There's a couple of moments in that movie that gets, get gets grazed over. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, so. One...
0: But let's let's back up because mm-hmm. we sometimes go into movies without giving a little.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's about three. It's about these triplets who were separated at birth or at, at six months old, and each of them went to three different types of families, and that kind of ties into the whole thing too. But they went to different families, and out of coincidence. One ended up going to a college where another one went to, but it dropped out. And one of the students was just like, you're not so-and-so, but you look just like him. I, he, you have a twin brother. And then these two twins have this story, and it, it goes all over like the New York papers. And it's just like, hey, these two twins separated at birth. They find each other. And then there's a third one who sees the paper and is like, wait a minute, I look just like you two. And it turns out they were triplets separated at birth. And it's this amazing story. Then it just gets a little weird and dark and scientific.
0: A lot, of, a lot of stuff. A lot. There's a lot of stuff that it also goes into. And I thought the story was fantastic. And I knew the story.
1: Yeah, I didn't.
0: Because yeah. uh, growing up, my my mom had her 45th birthday at at their restaurant. Triplets? The yeah. No way. Oh and man. Yeah. So so I knew of the place and I knew the story and I know that some of the story was just completely not put in the movie and yeah, I'm not sure that was the case. I thought it was I thought the presentation I thought the story was incredible, but the presentation was, in my opinion, just okay. Sure. And I think it's interesting it's the kind of story that I think nowadays would be really I think it would be very difficult to grow up nowadays and find out when you're eighteen years old that you have triplets because of social media yeah, and yeah
1: facial recognition software and yeah. and the singularity Yeah, just like one of the brothers who casually was just like yeah my 16th birthday I was institutionalized I spent my 16th birthday and and then like that's it they never, They don't go back to it and then the other brother is just like yeah I had some you know developmental issues like there's a lot of just grazing over certain things also like one of them know. was
0: accused of murdering somebody that they also grazed over
1: yes he, and I think, from the filmmaker standpoint, I because you know in this day and age, I obviously looked that up as soon as the movie was over. In in the movie, when that comes up, there's like a quick little explanation of what had happened, and the guy one of the, the one of the triplets who was accused of murder did mention. He broke it down quick. It was like, I actually wasn't. It was this, that. And I looked the story up. He's right. But that story in itself is like, whoa, whoa. This is amazing. So there's a lot of things that branch off from each of their lives. It's like, that could have been, I th- again, uh, like a little multi-part miniseries instead of one, you know, 110-minute documentary. Do
0: you, or do you remember from, like, one of our earliest episodes when we interviewed John Wilson? Mm-hmm. And he told that insane, Yo. like, the craziest story I still story tell ever. that
1: story. Like, that's uh, that used to be my pitch for, like, people, mostly friends, because I'm, I'm one of those people where, like, with the exception of a few people, my friends aren't necessarily into some of the artsy stuff that I do, so I would tell people about this John Wilson story, and they thought that I was making it up. It's such an amazing story. Go back and listen to the John Wilson uh, episode, because that shit is insane. And also, you should check out from way, way earlier this year, I think it was February, uh, so I at epi- the cinema of John Wilson. Uh, Scott wrote the intro to yeah, it. Episode, episode
0: yeah, episode 12 of Zebras in America yeah. is our episode with John Wilson, and I just wanted to have him on the show because I really love his short movies. And then out of nowhere, he tells this story about this dude who, like, had had messed with him. And he goes to, like, find out what had happened to him. And he was murdered by the guy who... One of the guys... The Sarnoff brothers?
1: Yeah, who, the older one.
0: The older brother who...
1: Who's, like, the boxer and
0: everything. Who, who did the the Boston Marathon uh, bombing yeah. uh, and the story it's so if you haven't listened to if you're ever like oh why did Zebras not put out an episode this week I want to listen and you haven't listened to episode 12 listen to episode 12 yeah and cause I think that's like that story bugs me out I try not like sometimes it gives me nightmares
1: no so, yeah and everyone's just like I get the same reaction like no like shut up like I would tell it to coworkers. I would tell it to friends like everything um yeah, but yeah, but long story short, I mean, it's streaming for free, check out The Identical Strangers, and it's funny that I say, I think it should have been like a multi-part thing, because me and my lady watched it the other night, and we were debating between Wormwood and this, I already saw, I've I've seen Wormwood twice, I've watched, I watched it like back-to-back back, uh, late last year, and we were almost gonna watch it, and she was like, no, let's watch something we both haven't seen, but it's like, Wormwood is an example of something that handles an amazing, crazy-ass story well. Because it's Errol Morris So I mean what, 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 yeah. what else would you expect
0: I'm just saying This story And it's still unf- unfurling So watch the movie Because like Still Yeah yeah oh, I'll, I'll,
1: I don't know any up to date stuff we'll I don't about
0: I don't want to like I don't want to spoil the movie cause there's, Sure Because sure. there's There's two twists in the movie Oh yeah um, There's like two big twists And I'm not giving those away I had known of one of them already from growing up knowing the story, hmm. um,
1: and it's a, it's a very New York centric film too. It's yeah, like so it's Scarsdale, it, Long Island, Manhattan, it's, it's, very it's a, New York. It's
0: story. a story you might have grown up listening to if you like, depending on the circles. And um, I just remember seeing in the theater and just people like literally gasping. There, there were those. There were two scenes where where you could just hear the air was taken out. So yeah. I just think the movie I just thought the movie was okay. Yeah. The story was incredible and the, the that's my major criticism of documentaries often is that mm-hmm. is when the story's so good and then the way you're telling it is just like you know whatever. Speaking of, you know, watching um watching films like me me and Saskia we were trying to find a movie to watch the other night That neither of us had watched mm-hmm. And we put on a movie By um, Julie Dash mm-hmm. her, called only movie. her only her only Her only Theatric yeah, yeah, yeah. Feature so, She mm-hmm. later did a movie about Rosa Parks on For TV mm-hmm. But uh, Daughters of the Dust Oh yeah And um, Like that's like top five movies I've ever seen
1: dude can't argue with that
0: Like cause So for Listeners It's A non-linear Telling of A family In the sea islands In the south Which is South Carolina mm-hmm. Georgia Parts And it's a very like Complicated area Of different people From different parts of Africa That were taken there and it's, it's it's after... It's after slavery, after Civil War. And the... The Gula family? Gullah. Yeah. Gullah people. And it's sort of the telling of the disbanding of that culture because a lot of people are going mainland to look for a better life. Yeah. And the story is just told very lyrically and not not everything is so straight there's a lot unsaid there's a lot said the music is incredible yeah. and it's like three or four generations of women and their different stories and men and I was you know Sasuke and I were just like why isn't this movie 30 hours long
1: yeah
0: because we were just we were just like lost in it
1: well those stories could be I mean I you know who who knows what the future brings but like It's similar to, like, Three Identical Strangers. Dars of the Dust is a story that could just, like, with each family member, could be its own thing. Or, like, friend of a family member. Like, there's so many different, you know, stories. And that's the only thing, too. It's so compact, and it doesn't feel rushed or whatever. Like, Julie Dash really crammed in a lot of stuff, and you were able to just kind of get a piece of everything. Like, nothing felt grazed over. Nothing's just like, oh, this is too much. It's just, like, a really, really great... And, you know,
0: and when you think like A strand is not going to be picked up Like all strands Are pick, are, are brought together mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. though the film is I think under two hours Oh absolutely It feels like a Like a cohesive It feels like a miniseries It feels yeah, like a It does You have You know And at the, the forefront of it Is The matriarch of the family Who is trying to hold on to The traditions And the unborn child of a woman who was, who's uh, trigger, who was raped by a white man mm-hmm. on the coast, mm. and the she could be that man's child, and she could be um, the matriarch's son's child, yeah. and the 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 matriarch of the family is like it's your child no matter what, and there's all these different threads and connecting and and all and different people from the family come back to the island to figure out to take photos and to figure out what they're going to do and then there's this one woman who who is in love with a native american who lives on the island who's like mm-hmm. don't leave stay with me yeah. and then there's this woman who they ever so subtly explain that she's in a lesbian relationship with another woman, mm-hmm. who comes down and everyone's judging her. Mm-hmm. And then there's another woman who's who's found Jesus. And then on on the island, they so subtly explain the different cultures because you have people who study Islam, you have people who study Christianity, and then you have the Gullah tradition, which is which is more which is more um, connected to african belief systems mm-hmm. and then there's different different um rituals and rites that really they're really connected to me mm-hmm. like the you know the story of like changing into a future you can't predict and um there's a scene where they have a turtle shell with a symbol of a cross with like you know like a that's it's got a circle in the middle and then it's got four lines and there's circles everywhere you know what i'm talking about and that's that's also known as the yoa cross or the bantu cosmogram which gives you a little insight into where in africa some of the Gullah people are from but also like they talk they don't even like talk about how like that much that it's a that it that has all phases that symbolically it has all phases of nature and all the elements, and you can even look at the different corners, at different parts of life, and understand your own place, um, and just, like, little, little homages to different parts of, um, the diaspora that influenced uh, the Sea Islands, and, um, I learned some of that, I read this book called Flash of the Spirit, which mm-hmm. talks about some of the diasporic uh, religions, you know, like, um, different, different forms of Yoruba, or, um, Mm. Uh, for whatever reason my, my head is like uh, or Apollo mm-hmm. um, different different traditions that come from different parts of Africa and the diaspora that in the movie the, the matriarch is trying to hold on to and everyone's like you know we're tired of this we're tired of that tired of you know this, this tree with bottles in it or mm-hmm. which um Reminded me of another like fabulous, um, you know, black film about family. Uh, to sleep with anger, sure. Like the different, the different, like these different little folk things that people do, and it just made me um, like really upset because it just like you think of like the lost histories of people of forced diasporas.
1: Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, and
0: how, how like, painful ancestrally it is to, like, you know, if you're part of any culture that's had to disperse by force, there's so many things that you've lost.
1: Yeah, which is funny, because that's the conversation that I've, I've had, not recently, but in life, when people are like, oh, it's okay to say black power, but if you say white power, then it's a problem. And it, it's rooted in a lot of what you're saying, in the fact that, like, black, there's no nation called black, and a lot of it has to do with, like... So many blind... If you're in this country, no matter what, there are a lot of blind spots in your family lineage if you're black, African-American, whatever you want to be called. But if you're like Russian, Italian, Irish, it's slightly easier. Not saying that it's picture-perfect either, but no. it's easier to trace back. So, and that when people are like, oh, well, black, pride, like black pride and white pride is different. Like, when you say Russian pride, when you say Irish pride, that's all good. Italian pride, that's fine, but the, you know, so that's when I get... Yeah, but... but a problem.
0: But people... Some people... The people that have that argument often are people that...
1: Who are racist. Or clueless. Or I- I- ignorant and have racist leanings but don't even realize it. I think it's
0: more ignorance. A very small percentage of the world identifies as racist. There are people who deny out of ignorance the, the pinnings of what racism... Or sexism mean mm-hmm. So the reason why there's a difference Between white power and black power Is because um, Race Like why why, why I don't Believe in reverse racism mm-hmm. Because racism Connotes also power dynamics And systemic um, Powers of oppression mm-hmm. So Like white pride Is different in a place where that's always been power like you know if you if you came here from Plymouth Rock and you can trace all of your family's traditions mm-hmm. that's different than people that had to leave the people that had to so like wherever you, your family came from ancestrally they lost things in translation here
1: yeah
0: <coughs> so there there are traditions that you would have to one first figure out which is not impossible now because of genealogy to find out where your family's from then try to fig- then go back to find out what you're missing which is not so easy and and i have issues like i, I think about doing 23andme every once in a while mm-hmm. but now that from what i understand they they've sold a lot of their proprietary information to pharmaceutical companies
1: Yo, that's so. Cr- Jesus, man. So yesterday was my mom's birthday. Me and my girlfriend took her out, and we had a conversation about literally what you're talking about. We talked about twenty three and Me. We talked about some of the practices, the accuracy, what you're talking about right now. So that's really literally less than twenty four hours ago. I was having this conversation,
0: and yeah. and I'm not a. I'm. I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I don't believe pharmaceutical companies want this proprietary information to heal things. Hell no. I don't know that they want it to hurt people, but I think they wanna you know, I've 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 heard a folk tale and maybe Martin Kessler or one of our one of our, you know, good at figuring things out, listeners can that someone figured out how to cure stomach ulcers a long like fifteen years ago mm. and like the companies that make Alka Seltzer and shit paid him money to not do that mm. because or suppose, I also, from what I understand, we could make, a, we could make light bulbs that last forever at this point. Mm. Yeah. But light bulb companies are like, no. Sure. So, and that, those are the reasons why I have such an issue with capitalism is when you're getting in the way of things that can make people's lives better for profit. That's <clears throat> a thousand percent. And that's, wh- that's why I don't, that's, those are my issues with free market and my issues with capitalism be but you know if medicare beca- for all became a thing then it would become a non-political issue. Yeah. Like in England there are people who are right wing who would never not suggest universal healthcare. Yeah. Because it's become non-political. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like So like I just think about You know um, It was It was You know My father passed away 20 years ago uh, The other day It was the 20 year anniversary of My father's passing Rest in peace Thank you And I was just like Thinking about how Even though this movie Is about A completely Different Family The need To remember Our ancestors And honor them And the traditions Of of people who have gone through oppression, really rang true to me. Yeah, because even when I was trying to figure out, like, I was trying to go through my ancestral line. Mm-hmm. I I can't. I don't know the names of anyone past my great
1: grandparents. Same. I have. I do have the information, but not off top, like offhand. I, I I can't. So
0: yeah. I just like think of like these important rituals that we've held over and. But then I also try to understand, how much have we lost? Yeah. Do you understand, like, um, is this, I don't know if this is a, if this is an inappropriate question, let me know, your family, was your your family come here by force?
1: Yeah, both sides. So, like, do you know from where? West Africa, you I mean originally? West Africa, but again, there's there's blank spots. You know, I have to give credit to my father, who, we're talking, like, this is in the early, mid-90s, my dad, and we have it somewhere. He made, like, a family tree by hand, by, like, research, word of mouth, what little internet that he had back, you know, back then, and made this big, huge, like, 4 pent like... The size of this whole wall, like, each would be four panels, and he was making a family tree. <clears throat> so, he, he was really into that. So, that's the reason I, I, I'm able to, to know that.
0: I'm just saying, like, so, we just think of, like, all the things we lost and yeah, all absolutely. our traditions. So, and before people had easy access to paper or pens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we've, any, there's just so much loss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it can just, sometimes it can be, ju- it feels like getting punched in the fucking stomach. So I'm not trying to say that, that my family or my life or relationship is anything like um, the goal of people. I'm just saying that when you make something so, I, I've said this before, but, but when you really focus on the micro, it can allow people to find the relations
1: well, it's funny, speaking of relations, because I wanted to get in into this, because over the years, this all, you know, there's something about Western Massachusetts, we were lucky enough, this movie opened in in Northampton, like, in uh 1994, like, it had a, a theatrical release in Western Mass. we were one of the few people across this nation to get this movie to come to the theater, and it was like a family of, well, actually everyone, it was like a big event to go see this movie, um was it the Calvin Theater at that time? There were there were two different movie theaters in uh, in, in Northampton. Either way, we, we went to go see it. And I remember even at that year, I was like 12 when, when I saw this movie, and I remember really appreciating it even then because I hadn't seen anything like it at that time, obviously. And then as I got older, even in recent years, like you, find, you learn things about this movie that it's like this movie, not only family lineage, but black cinematic lineage. Just the fact that there were intentional casting of one of the main actresses in the film was a regular actress in Charles Burnett's movies, uh, *Killer of Sheep*. The the mother in *Killer of Sheep*. Also, you know, and, you, know
0: uh, you know who worked on the art. Who? Carrie James Marshall. Oh wow! wow. I just I, I I just noticed by glance, in the, in the yeah. credits.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: And did you know that that, uh, Julie Dash. Uh, wrote a book about the movie with Bell Hooks.
1: Yeah, well, that's what. I, well, that's I'm getting to that. So aside oh. from the casting of um, I forgot her name, the the actress in a lot of Charles Burnett's films, she intentionally casted uh, Thomas Hicks, who was in Spike Lee's first two films. She's got to have it in his student film, Joe's Bedside Barbershop, and also there's a the 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 scenes of the young girls in the trees. This is Julie Dash's own words. Was a reference to Bill Gunn's. Um, Ganja and Hess, the scene of Bill Gunn himself who's in the tree in the movie. So there's all this, like... And you have to understand, too, for 1994 to know who Bill Gunn was or to reference Bill 91. Gunn was a thing. Or 91, rather, sorry. Yeah, um, that was, like... Or even Charles Burnett, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, he... Like, killer sheep, all that stuff. So well, do you, did yeah, you? that you ever, was, like, a big deal.
0: Did you ever read why she started to make narrative films? No. So she started... Wanting to be a documentarian mm. And it was her Reading Toni Morrison And other black uh, Literature And she was like Why are there not movies of this yeah. Why we Makes need sense. to She wanted to tell The, the, the narrative stories mm-hmm. And What I don't understand Is that She's clearly influential As you pointed out to me off screen, um, that the the film that Lemonade borrowed some yeah. scenes from there. Yeah. But again, obvi- you, I can see that that films have borrowed the the facade of the film, but it's the spirit of the film to me that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, why why did she only make one theatrical film? Why
1: do people not really know about it i mean i do have to say so this movie people more people know about it now it it, it had a research it had two resurgence one small one big prior to the whole lemonade stuff right so i think it was 2005 or 2006 kino put out a pretty decent dvd release mm. so that was like the first like whoa what is it like outside of like film nerds and film scholars and like african diaspora folks that got its first exposure but it's still, you know, Kino Kino Lorber is still directed at people. It's like preaching to the choir. So a lot when it, if anything, it was just like, oh, this movie that I was only able to see once in my life, I now can own it and see it multiple times. It really didn't branch out to a larger audience. I think until, you know, a lot of articles started writing about how Beyonce, like, oh, this is borrowed from the Lemonade. There's some other stuff that she borrowed from that hits a little close to home between the two of us. But... um yeah, and I think... Terrence Mella <laughs> Cavalier. Um, um, yeah. But but we we'll, don't we'll have to get into that. But it's like, it really did open up a lot of, you know, people to it. So it doesn't have this huge thing, but it, it has reached, like, a big cult status. I, I think the only thing is, and I don't mean to sound n- negative, among, like, black film Twitter, black film scholars, Daughters of the Dust, along with Killer of Sheep, are kind of the two go-tos of like once you've seen these two movies you know everything it's it's the it's the whole it's the well I want
0: before just in case because I want to because I remember you pointing out recently that uh, a certain black film film website did like 21 black films you need to watch yeah yeah, yeah. and you know it had Daughters of the Dust and it had um, what was the movie you just said Killer of Sheep, Killer of Sheep, of course, and then and and then it it didn't
1: have Chameleon Street, Chameleon Street, lots it, of it didn't, it have, didn't ganja have story, and
0: hess. it doesn't didn't have ganja and hess, it didn't have story of a three day pass, it didn't have Tuki Buki, it I think it had sleep with anger, no, it mm-hmm. didn't.
1: No, and I remember being upset because at least put to sleep with anger because you could use that as a jump-off point for the fact that finally this is awesome. Criterion did re- is is releasing uh, to sleep with anger. This this is like the first Criterion release that I've been excited about for a very long time. So I'm, I'll be purchasing that 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 physical media. But um, oh, I was just making a quick point that like Killer Sheep and Dars of the Dust are the equivalent now of the blowback to when people are just like all these young rappers suck now and then like. It's kind of the def- it's like the default response. Well, there's Joey Badass, and now like when you bring up Joey Badass to people who even like him, we're just kind of like yeah, 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 you know, which sucks. Cause, and and it's not even their fault because like Killer Sheep and Daughters of the Dust are excellent films, but nowadays like around people who really know film and and who knew who know the greatness of those movies, when you bring up Killer Sheep and Daughters of the Dust, it's like yeah, 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 we get it, which kind of sucks. It's a good it's good to be familiar with that movie. But it's also just like, yeah, what else? You know, and, and it is true. People do kind of stop at Killer Sheep and in and dust. But at the same time, to some degree, how much further can you go? Julie Dash only has one feature film. You know what I'm saying? And some of Charles Burnett's movies still aren't the easiest to attain. Some, not all. Some, no, some well, are pretty I'm saying easy to
0: get. Now, so like, now Sleep with Anger, all of his TV movies are available on a certain website that yes, rhymes with Moo
1: Moo. Yes, they are.
0: And I've watched them, and... They're of varying levels of good. Like, not, yeah. I don't think he's made a bad movie. Some movies are better than others. Yeah. Um, Glass
1: Shield, you can get that DVD easy on Amazon. And The Killer of Sheep, when Milestone released Killer of Sheep, that's one of the best, because literally every single short film he made is on the second disc, and a whole yeah. second feature, my, my Brother's Wedding.
0: I mean, My Brother's Wedding was my favorite of his, but I hadn't mm. seen To Sleep With Anger. Right. Me and him, Tumi, right. went to, see, right. to Sleep With Anger... Uh, Last year, and it was just incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I I like films that are microcosmic. You know, I try to, I always explain to people, you know, they reminisce over you, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Mm -hmm. Would you argue one of the great rap songs?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Not, I, I would not argue. Yeah.
0: And what, why? Why do we love that song? That song, I mean,
1: the beat's incredible. Me, or like the regular person, or like someone like you and it, I? It's, it's a like,
0: rhetorical question. Oh, okay. But then, but then, me? please oh. answer. Well, for some. No, r- no. I mean, I was gonna. Oh. I had a, a spiel. Oh. Is that the song is CL Smooth essentially rapping about a family reunion? Yeah. Just talking about his family. Yeah. That we didn't know, like the average rap fan. Knows two Pete Rock and CL smooth songs, if that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yet this song is 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 to this day, when people list top ten rap songs of all time, it's there. Sometimes it's number one. Mm-hmm. He's he's telling a story that's so micro that you're like, oh shit, I can actually relate to this. I understand the concept of laughing at the hookers at the party, or like or debt, or pops maybe when you're sober or older or I told you, I've told you this before and I may have even said it on the the show before is that every time he says, I want to dedicate this to you for believing in me, like my tear ducts open up. Mm. Cause it's just so, I don't know why. Well, that's
1: what I was gonna say. Well, you also said that true. It's about a family we don't know but we can relate to. But the title of the song and just that last verse it's like a whole, when you talk about micro, to some degree, it's all about, like, the Mount Vernon hip-hop scene in the, in the sense that it's it's dedicated to one of the boys, of Heavy D and the Boys, and Heavy D being Pete Rock's cousin. And, you right. know, for a while, Pete Rock, sails smooth, and Heavy D and the Boys, like... Pretty much represented Mount Vernon to this day. It's like they are the two, like you know, and 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 that adds another layer because you know New right, York hip hop. Because well, it, Diddy,
0: Diddy's from like White Plains.
1: Yeah, yeah. But when you think of like New York hip hop, it's the five boroughs, and then you get up top to, like. You know, so you have the New Rochelle with the brand Nubians and you have the Seals Move Heavy D, and the Boys, and Mount Vernon, Yon, Vernon, all you the have Long Yonkers, Island folks, you have Yonkers, Yonkers, Locks, with, and DMX. and and these are all places that are not New York City, and I would, but so close. I
0: would break you know? up Long Island into different parts. Of exactly, exactly.
1: Suffolk County, Nassau County, all that's absolutely. So I, and so that's why I like it too, in that it's like without even saying. Not at one point do they even say Mount Vernon no. in the song. They never say Heavy D. They never actually say like. Troy's whole name Or that Hey he was one of the boys He was one of the dancers no, it's just, it's But just you trouble, know All, that, all it's about Trouble T. Trouble Roy. T. Roy yeah.
0: and, But what I'm saying what's, what's brilliant about it Is that You just relate to it Yeah I've never played someone That song for Like playing And then being like This song sucks Absolutely Yeah absolutely They're like yeah. Oh the beat's great The yeah. lyrics are great Like I play I could play that song For a 50 year old Italian dude And be like Oh yeah I get it Yeah They're like Oh this is like my family
1: Of course Of course
0: you know, or like how like you and I will joke when we're texting how like we all have that cousin that still has like four or five Bluetooth earpieces. It's just like things that...
1: Thanksgiving was the other day, so I'm laughing at it. Because you know, That's you, you, right. saw, you I, saw Uncle Niff. Uncle just Uncle,
0: Niff. Uncle <laughs> Niff still has like three or four Bluetooth, yeah. you know, like there's just... But like, works
1: for like he works for the city so it's not like he's getting a business call <laughs> yeah, or anything you, you, yeah. he's not landing a trade deal like in the middle of the day but he's got that bluetooth in so yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know yeah. and the, there's just there's and so I'm I'm from, I'm of Eastern European Jewish stock mm-hmm. you're of Western African Amherst stock absolutely and yet we can both relate to these these sort of like archetypes Yeah, so that's why I think that song is so is so powerful. Yeah, and why daughters of the dust or like certain certain movies you're just like
1: yes. Like no, I love the fact too that like I will always claim Amherst, but I still lived the first seven years of my life in St Albans, Queens. So like the house party that Co Smooth raps about, I've been there in the house that I currently live in now. Like, so many parties were had. So many, like... And it also takes me back to, like... I feel like... Like, like the Ghostface songs like wh- Whip You with a strap. Like, yeah. oh, there's smoke. Like, adults would just blowing smoke in your face. So, yeah. like, you'd hide the banister, like, through the banister to see what was going on. And, like, my mom, go back to sleep. Like, all that stuff was... Like, I feel
0: like, yeah, every time I don't go to a party that you invite me to in St. Albans, I feel like I'm missing that sort of party.
1: Yeah they'll be well not sure but starting them next year they'll, they'll 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 be more i know
0: yeah or or just yeah like like as we talked about many times uh grits is one of my favorite songs of all time yeah. because again it's just it's this macro micro just like talking about food and family and sharing community yeah and um i also think that it's really interesting that two of the most important names to the influence of New York '90s rap, died before the success of The People, T Roy and Ill Will. Yeah, like these these are these are names that are in the mythology of New York Bap yeah, yeah. records, and they both died before the success. Ill Will Nas and yeah. and T Roy. So that's what I just love about films that are able to get all that. This is. I'm still all of this is from just watching Daughters of the Dust yeah like this this beautiful timeless film and, and and that 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 the food they were making looked so good sure and just like the celebration yeah I just I just I think it's a fabulous movie
1: it's great it, it is a classic but just one of those things where like maybe not everyone has seen it but it is still a classic because it's one of those things like folks who know know kind of things
0: yeah right, like him, like Am has been talking about this Ken Russell movie for the past few weeks. It's apparently like the best movie ever made. But I've, oh, Devils! Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it.
1: Oh, you I, haven't? No, oh, it's great. I
0: hear it's really hard to find.
1: I think uh, you just reminded me. Speaking of all that, I think Lisi's in town. We have to get her on the show, but because um, you know, because uh, okay speaking of micro stuff, literally, you know, Ken Russell's widow travels the world. With Prince of his films, keeping his name alive, screening his movies at different theaters, and de- like Devils, uh, Layer of the White Worm, um, the the boyfriend, like all of that stuff, w- women in love. So, so that's another thing. I always find that beautiful about her how passionate she is about film, and specifically, you know, her her husband's films to to this day.
0: I mean, I haven't even seen his entire oeuvre, but I mean. If that was my husband, I'd
1: be very proud, too. Yeah. Devils is a batshit crazy movie. And I mean that in a good way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, last year, you and Chris got me into the Hourglass Sanitarium. Yeah. And that movie's batshit crazy. And that's, like, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time.
1: O.J. Cos. Did you ever check down any of those other films? Like, I mean,
0: like- I had already seen the Saragossa Man Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Because okay. that was, like, a film... Like, before I was, like, a quote-unquote, like, film guy, because I don't even know if I'm the film guy now, but Saragossa Mar... I was, like, a guy that would like to watch, like, acid-head movies. Sure. Because those movies tended to be really weird. Right. Yeah. So Saragossa Manuscripts like, a movie, like, oh, you like weird movies, you gotta check it out.
1: Well, it's reportedly it was Jerry Garcia's favorite movie. Um... This is true. Yeah,
0: my friend, my friend uh, J V. plays bass in a Grateful Dead cover band, mm-hmm. and I went to see them. High Time. If you ever, if you like Grateful Dead, and you see uh, high, if you hear about High Time playing, go check them out. And I forgot, like, so when I was a kid, I used to go to this club called the Wetlands, which was a club in downtown Manhattan. I saw great rap shows. I saw mm-hmm. great, music, like jam shows I saw ska concerts punk concerts when uh when swing was having a
1: resurgence Squirrel Nut Zippers and all that stuff
0: it was a, the club was like the size of this house so mm-hmm. not the Squirrel Nut Zippers they were like you know just like like but I saw Anti Ballast there when they first started out and, and I saw um George Clinton there he did a small concert where yeah. he was literally high on crack cause he said so yeah yeah and he I he he had this cool drum machine, mm-hmm. and I think he said shaking that ass three hundred times in a row. <laughs> it was. Uh, You've
1: told me about this before. Yeah, yeah I probably said years. it on
0: the show before, but <clears throat> I don't think so. Actually, no. I don't know, but it was fucking awesome. Yeah, and it was just a great club, and it was just like the kind of club where was, they they downstairs it was downstairs there was what they called the four twenty penalty box where you kind of go if through either to get really fucked up or if you were too fucked up and you needed a breather. Oh, okay. And so when I went to see uh, High Time the other day, because, fun fact, Grateful Dead are a band I really love. Oh. Uh, as a studio band. I don't really love them as a live band. I love them as a CV band, but I think they're wonderful. I just remember going to see Grateful Dead cover bands or Pink Floyd cover bands or... Um, I think I saw Antipop Pop there.
1: Did you? Yeah. yeah. It was all. That, that's something. Oh, what am I talking about? <clears throat> I saw them in their first incarnation because they opened for Radiohead. I saw them in Boston. Uh, it was, it was literally like one. It was another one of those shows. Like, oh, this is half my music library. It was Radiohead, Anti Consortium, and Kid Koala, like on the same bill. And it's that sounds like, like a great bill. It, it was an amazing show. Um, but yeah, but then I saw them a lot. And
0: afterwards. and I will get to what I wanted to say. But I also yeah. remember. Reading, people being like oh you gotta check out Annie Pop Consortium or Sonic Sum cause they're the radio head of rap and <laughs> and I always you know they're not but but
1: yeah, I don't even like when you said that I was like I don't even know what that means
0: yeah I don't know what that means I either. think
1: it's a put like cause if you like radio head you're smart I don't know I'm not even gonna try to dissect that it's classist probably that
0: racist it's like whatever it's like you know
1: I don't know there was that great Wire article that came out I think it was either 99 or 2000 where it was like it went deeper it wasn't about just the New York underground it was like they focused on it was it was an article on anti-pop Mike Ladd Sonic Sum Company Flow Saul Williams um and in that time period like like the left field weird sound but anyway yeah Yeah kind of I mean
0: listening. I to this day I still listen to Welcome to the After Future yeah and um I listen to songs on the Infesticons record, mm-hmm. not the entire record, but I listen to some songs from Gun Hill Road, and uh, I love saying fuck the Majesticons at parties, or be like, I strictly listen to Lush Jackson, and people being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I just love throwing real, like, references at four people. We'll get or just like whenever someone knocks on the door to my house, I say, "What's the password, nerd?" Hoping that they're gonna say Anima Bend," which is which comes from Prince Among Thieves, the the hip hop from Prince Paul. But what I'm saying is, I mean, I'm so lost. Wetlands, right? So I, rem- I I've checked out Mike Ladd because he was in a commercial, he was in an ad in Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics in the late '90s when they were when they were running. They were not doing well in the late 90s. Which is funny, because now they're the you just You're giving me a
1: face. That's weird to me. It's like when Bus Driver did a Vonage commercial. Or like Beans did a Sprint commercial before. But go ahead. It's, all, it's or, like, what? Or
0: when Beans... Yeah, anyways. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't say anything. Yeah. No, go ahead. So, before Marvel became a huge thing like that they are now. They almost went bankrupt. And in, and they did this thing where they were trying to get, like, people into into them again. So they would run ads in their comics of, like, quote-unquote, cool people who loved comics. So there was an ad with Mike Ladd. There was an ad with Kevin Smith. There were... And I can't... I, I tweet people being like, hey, can you find these? And I, I just need to... I can't find them, but I... So I was reading a comic book And I was like There's a rapper That that openly likes Comic books
1: Right
0: Which is like In retrospect Like I love how much Pete Rock is a comic book nerd Or like how many Comic book fans There actually are in rap, in rap. Mm-hmm. And so I found Welcome to the After Future And I wanted to check him out anyway Because he was, he was on The Smashing Pumpkins record label mm-hmm. um, So I remember The Mike Ladd record But when I was working at a record store when when some some you know magazine called Antipop and and um, Sonic Sum the Radiohead of rap so I worked at a record store so I just ordered the records
1: yeah
0: and you and I diverge because I I don't love Antipop like you do sure but I but <coughs> something Sanity Annex or something the Sonic Sum record from like 2000 yeah the
1: Sanity Annex yeah that record I still listen to to this day. I, absolutely. I and just I, listen to that shit too. Yeah,
0: I listen, and I listen to Rob Sonic and I like both. I, like I do love his that solos. his
1: solo stuff is so much different than Sonic Sum. It's and very he's, different. And he's at the helm. He was the main producer of the Sonic Sum stuff too. Like, his Rob Sonic solo stuff was just like, was bigger and thumpier. Yeah. Whereas like, Sonic Sum stuff, I don't have a word for it, but it was not like, you know... And I really don't or any of those. No.
0: And I also really liked the records he made with ASAP Rock.
1: Oh, how Mary Mellon.
0: Yeah. And I also I am looking forward to ASAP Rock's record with, with Tobacco. tobacco. Yeah. yeah, I am, too. I am like,
1: too. It's on my wish list on Bandcamp already.
0: Yeah, the first the first song I was like, I was I the first song that's come out, I was like, I don't know about this one, but I feel like if him and if him and tobacco are are making a record, then I'm gonna give it I'm like, i I feel I want I don't want to listen to one song I want to listen yeah. to the album.
1: I just hope there's drums because when tobacco I'm not even thinking about Aesop Rock when like tobacco the drums are like drum heavy then it's just well like, like Big Moth Super Rainbow Super, I was just gonna say Big that
0: Moth Super too. Rainbow is dope because of the drums yeah so um and rest in peace Mac Miller he him and Absol did did a great song sampling Big Moth Super Rainbow oh, I didn't know that yeah it's really good. Oh on the same album where Lo- Loaded Lux was was on that record
1: okay I, I don't know that
0: so yeah so there was like all these tangents and I just love the Sonic Sun record and yeah so the Wetlands and I I, I think Sonic Sun played Wetlands I don't remember Um, so I just remember just being like man I miss those days of like going to these like weeded out drugged out concert halls mm-hmm. where like someone would pass out or something yeah like so I went to see my friend's Grateful Dead cover band, mm-hmm. and someone passed out wow in front of me yeah I was like, oh man that's a that's what I miss I mean I, I hope the person's all right, and I hope they're okay, but I was just like, oh yeah, yeah i miss I miss like people just like getting so lost in the music, yeah so I like that Jerry Garcia's favorite movie was the Saragossa manuscripts
1: yeah. I do love finding <clears throat> out when artists. Like the art, like a, you know, a different art outside of their own. Like, I still, I can't stress enough. I really, for a while, thought you were joking about Bill Paxson loving uh, Vinny Paz and Jedi Mind Tricks. And then, not that you and were. Murders, jo- and Murs, and Murs
0: yeah, and People yeah. Under the Stairs.
1: But, like, he was on the Today show. Like, Vinnie Paz talked about when he was on Rogan's show, he was talking when he was for I Big s- Love. I, s- I sent you a video yeah, where yeah, he was talking yeah, about yeah.
0: People Under the Stairs and Jedi Mind Tricks. Yeah. And, uh, yes. uh, oh, and shit. Then, what? yeah Yeah, I didn't and how like how like MERS was was like was taking on a so like Bill Paxton had become a little bit of a mentor to MERS and MERS was helping out Bill Paxton's son Mm. I'm like I'm like it just reminded me like I just loved having the kind of dad that I did rest in peace and it seemed like Bill Paxton was the kind dad that just like he didn't all he had all you have to do is a dad well you don't have to do anything but it's nice to, like, support your kids. But the fact that he liked the music...
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, that, like, Bill Paxton... Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton was like... Yeah, I just love that. I love... I lo- You know, <coughs> I love that Big Boy is, like, one of the world's biggest Kate Bush fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just... I love that sort of I love, stuff. I remember... I, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, I love hearing about when Jay zone talks about his dad's intro to hip-hop, obviously through Jay zone and learning the kind of rappers that, like, Jay zones dad likes, who's, like, you know, he's a dad. He's, like, he's Jay zones dad. He's, like, 70. But the fact... And it reminds me of my dad, because just walking through by my room, my dad would rather be like, what is this shit? Or, like, oh, I like this. So, like, so knowing that, like, Jay zones dad, unironically, loves Mob Style, <laughs> and loves Schooly D, and loves Tim Dog to the point where like Zone's dad has a Twitter account and was tweeting about how he really believed when Tim Dog passed away, he still believes Tim Dog is still alive. He's just hiding, he was just under federal investigation and he's actually still alive. Similar to my dad who like, he anything hip hop he liked was through me, but now it's like before, you know, I, I turned my dad into like a pre Prefuse 73 fan, I turned him into a Ghetto Boys fan, I turned him into a DJ Shadow fan and like, you know, wasn't a big L fan, he didn't, you know, he didn't appreciate a lot of the lyrics, uh, you know, but I just, you know, things like that. And, you know, it reminds me of my dad as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like really nice when people, it's just like fun to find out that people have different tastes, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, oh man, I lost my, I lost where I was going, but...
1: I think you're talking about just like Bill Pullman and his de- helping his son out. Bill Paxton. Bill, pa- Jesus, yeah, Bill Paxton, yeah. No, but so that, that's the Samuel Jackson Lawrence Fishburne of, of white people. It is a joke. That's not. Bill I didn't Paxton. Make that up. When people do Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman, really? it's like the Lawrence Fishburne, Samuel Jackson. It, it is a thing. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, I yeah, I just I just it's just interesting when you find out that like people have these complicated tastes that you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I had something cool to bring up but I forgot. Which is the, the 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 fun part of of having some memory problems, but it is what it is. Um but yeah, like fi- finding out that, that big boy was a Kate Bush fan was like was was super cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. But yeah. Um yeah, Daughters of the Dust, man, that was that was a good movie i really enjoyed that you know
1: good makes me happy
0: yeah i mean you know there's a bunch of there's a bunch of movies in in the chamber that i'm meaning to watch that that will definitely like get to at a certain point but what are what are what are you looking forward to these days
1: Right now, again, going back between Toronto and the New York Film Festival, I've seen everything i wanted to see. So it's really just about seeing Creed uh, these next couple of days. The late 90s um, band? Yes. With
0: arms wide open. The early
1: 2000s. But, um, yeah, Creed. Other than that, I've, I, it's like I've already got... I am debating if I should try to do a top 10 or just my favorite movies and just do a really big honorable mention because i i've now done research and a lot of things i wanted to make a top 10 aren't going to come out until next year i mean i so think we'll, we'll, we'll i see. think
0: we should do we i think we should do the same list that we did last year
1: okay. that was 10 i, I don't know if well, i need we'll, to make 10 we'll, i'll make it we'll but make I have, it work yeah, like right now and i know i'm going to enjoy creed two but i don't think it will be one of the best movies of the in, in my so I'm kind of at this point where it's like I have nine movies where, when I think of 2018, these are them, and I just have a lot of honorable mentions. Maybe I can pull an Maybe I can pull like one of the top movies from my honorable mention and make a nice round number ten. But we'll we'll see. But that's a good thing. I have so many movies. i I I do. I can't say enough how much I love the 2018 movie year. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I don't. You know, I wish I'm very anxious to finally start talking about things like High Life, American Dharma, Peter Lu, Mike Lee's movie, Our Time, Call Us Three all that's... It's like, I've already got like a top five for 2019. You know what I mean?
0: So... Yeah, I was just figuring that we would do... I'm looking at, at our format last year. Mm. We did top 10, um, honorable mentions, least favorite, why you did that for, who be winning, who be losing... That was nice. Biggest disappointment. Biggest surprise. Don't okay. do that. Okay, yeah.
1: And, yeah. I, I got plenty of those. Spoiler alert. First purge. Yeah. Worst. Why you do that, don't do that. No, come on. Let's... Sorry. Like. There's others. Don't There's
0: me. others that don't both me. of us really... Yeah, um... You know, Purge Lives Matter was, was, was really,
1: <laughs> a, and what's fucked
0: up is that there's a more offensive movie than that. What?
1: What? I'm drawing a blank. We'll, we'll talk about it off record, because you're looking at me like I, I should know it. Yeah,
0: what are you trying to, dig your own grave? Oh.
1: Mm. Those are different spectrums of terrorism. Autism spectrums? Like, no, no, terrible spectrums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, what? What? No, I was gonna say something mean. Say it. Like special people. Oh,
0: that's not nice. That
1: I told. I wore. I, I said it. I wore. The, I didn't know that you would go there. I didn't think you that bring you up would... blind spotting after after first purge. I'm not in a nice mood. I don't want to say mean things. I don't know. And wax <laughs> Which Which. God, pretty whack
0: to begin with. I know um, I yeah, I mean I I
1: don't know. I don't either when it comes to movies like that. Man. I seriously I forgot that movie existed. We're talking I'm talking about blind spotting right now for those of you listening. I completely forgot about that movie.
0: I hate it yeah, that movie was uh that movie was
1: rough. I am really looking forward to you finally... See- I'm looking forward to you seeing two things. One, I want you to see Widows, because not the whole movie, but there's one glaring... There's a blind spotting type thing in that movie. And I also have to put this on record. I need you to see Bruno Dumont's Little Kinkin because... That
0: came out this year?
1: No, it came out a couple years ago. It came out 2014, but... It's one of those movies you're going to have to watch more than once because you'll be... Li- intentionally, because it is a comedy, but it's more funnier than it's supposed to be. You're going to miss a lot of stuff because you're going to be laughing so hard that you're going to miss other stuff. I'll just... Yeah. Actually, we should watch the trailer when when we're done recording because I want you to, You'll laugh at the trailer. Just the characters in that movie are like... The kind of things where you just look at something and laugh, it's that kind of movie. We could do a whole episode just on that.
2: Okay. When we was children, we really believe you could walk the good out of evil. We believe in the newsprint on the wall, your tree of glass jars and bottles, the rice you carry in your pockets. We believe in the frizzle-haired chicken, the coins, the roots, and the flowers. We believe they will protect us. And we believe then we own our love. I ain't been scared of nothing. And no one, cause I knew. I knew my great-grandmother have it all in her pocket. Eli. Or I could walk it up. Never forget who we is and how far we done come. I leave here. I don't have no other choice. Eli. Eli. There's a thought. A recollection. Something somebody remembers. We carry these memories inside of we. Do you believe that those Hundreds and hundreds of Africans brought here on this other side We forget everything they once knew. We don't know where the recollection comes from. Sometimes we dream them. But we carry these memories inside of we. What are we supposed to remember, Nana? How we one time was able to protect those we love? On the Africa where we were kings and queens and built great big cities. I'm trying to learn you how to touch your own spirit. I'm fighting for my life and I'm fighting for yawn. Look in my face. I'm trying to give you something to take north with you along with all your great big dreams. Kyle on those old Africans, Eli. They come to you when you're Lisa speckle. They hug you up quick and soft as the warm, sweet wind. Let them old souls come into your heart, Eli. Let them touch you with the hand of time. Let them feed your head with wisdom that is from this day in time. Because when you leave this island, Eli Pazet, you ain't going to no land of milk and honey. Eli, I'm putting my trust in you to keep the family together up north. That's the challenge we'll face all you Negro people who are free. Celebrate our way.